0: While fleeing Apaches, this gentleman from Virginia found a strangely shimmering cave. When he entered it, he discovered his body had somehow split in two. One form lay dead on the cave floor while the other was mystically transported through time and space to the planet Mars. Stan Lee presents Edgar Rice Burroughs, John Carter, Warlord of Mars. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode 75, Tonight is the Night that Helium Dies, John Carter, Warlord of Mars, issue number 14, July 1978 cover date. Hello, Time Travelers. Welcome once again to a comic book time machine podcast about Marvel's Cosmic Comics. I like to call it Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics. Because that's what it is. And I'm Ben, Ben Avery. I like to call myself that because that's who I am. I'm a comic book reader, writer, collector, and time traveler and podcaster. And I am here to talk about some Marvel comics that was licensed from, in this case, books. But uh, you know, no no real-life stuntmen in this one. And this is long before the movie. So John Carter, Warlord of Mars, this issue, uh hit the stands. Let's see here. I've lost my notes, but uh and in my notes, it doesn't even tell when it hit the stands, but I'm going to <laughs> go out on a limb and say that it hit in april 1978 i just don't have the date uh and i'm not gonna it doesn't really matter right now does it all that matters is that we are talking about john carter we are talking about the warlord of mars and we are talking about the end chapter to a uh, a three issue series basically here and uh you know it's called tonight is the night helium dies Uh, that's what it says on the inside on the cover it says this is the day helium died uh it seems like we have some discrepancies here was it night was it day which one's correct who knows uh it really it's just they're they're just trying to confuse us i think so anyway uh before i start let's talk about the michael g giasino soundtrack that i listened to while reading john carter world of mars number 14 well it was john carter from the movie john carter and did it fit oh yeah it fit i love this soundtrack i've talked about it before i think so i'm not going to talk about it too much longer i love this soundtrack it is exciting it is adventurous and it fits the movie perfectly and i'm one of those people i will be on the record and i will fight to the death anyone who disagrees okay not really but um if, i guess if i was john carter i would I'm not John Carter, but I really liked that movie. I, I really, really liked that movie. In fact, I want to watch it again sometime soon when I, when I get a chance, I just have so much stuff that I'm watching for welcome to level seven where it's, it's, it's business. I have to watch it cause it's business. It's business. I enjoy, but, uh, I just don't have the time to watch some of these superfluous things like John Carter. So maybe sometime soon, maybe sometime soon, but, maybe i don't need to i mean i'm I'm doing this i'm I'm reading this and i'm really enjoying these comics as well and since uh this is that third chapter but it's the end of a story arc as i've said before i like to do recommendations based on story arcs especially if it's a longer one and you know would i recommend this story arc well well we'll we'll get to that at the end here first our team our creative team writers marv wolfman Penciler Iron, Infantino, Inker Rudy D Nebrides, Letterer ja- James R Novak, Colorist Francois Mouly, and just I'm just going to jump into the story here. There's, well, let's just jump into it. The story is this: Tars Tarkas is unconscious he, from his wounds that he sustained while he was fighting John Carter, uh, because Tars Tarkas was taken over by a zombie rotting corpse magic guy and john carter uh that same rotting walking dead corpse magic guy embedded uh john carter into a stone wall while buildings from the city were falling around them and meanwhile, Dejah Thoris is with Tars Tarkas' daughter. And Kantos Khan and Grog are out there. They're, they're going to fight in- undead people. And uh, it turns out that the long-dead skeleton warriors who make up the army that's following Zuvan Dark, uh, they have a power. And that power is to zap living people with their eye beams and take the living people's flesh and form it onto their bones and basically trading places with their victims so the victim is left as a dead skeleton uh just not a living dead skeleton and the the dead skeleton thing then has the appearance of the person that they attacked unfortunately as i'm uh, summarize the plot that's coming up here uh, it's going to feel a little fast and thin and that's because uh it is fast and thin. It's not because it's just a summary. There, it's a thin plot. And things happen because they need to happen. and then they, So they just happen. It's just this happens, then this happens, then this happens. And there's not a lot of real reason given to some of this stuff. For example, John Carter, he is completely out of the climax. And I, I don't understand the storytelling choice there. Uh, also, another example, Tars Tarkas needs to be woken up. And so they spend all this time talking about how the doctors can't get him to wake up. Can't get him to wake up. Can't get him to wake up in this own, in this very issue. They can't get him to wake up, but two warriors come by Cantos can uh, kan and grog, and they just pick up a machine that happened to be laying near Tars Tarkas. And they say, well, it was laying here. The doctors probably intended to use it. Now, if the doctors intended to use it, I don't know why they would think the doctors had maybe had already tried or not. Uh, they, they, don't seem to think that the doctors had tried but they assume the doctors wanted it to be used on him they don't know how to use it but they put it on Tars Tarkas and it wakes him up done check done and then it you know, zuvon dark he tries to kill john carter leaves him for dead after embedding him in the wall and then making all the buildings fall around him but then uh when john carter shows up to fight him again because he's not dead he was protected by the wall he was embedded in uh he turns around and basically it seemed like his plan all along was to use the eye beams take john carter's body and trade and so john carter becomes this rotting fleshy corpse thing and the rotting fleshy corpse guy becomes john carter like i said this seems to be his plan all along but i, I just don't understand why he didn't he do this earlier I mean he had powers earlier now this is just a new power that's popped up and so he's using it now but you know he had john carter in the desert for weeks it seemed like and had him at his mercy and you know all last issue and and then he tried to kill john carter just moments ago it's like oh my plan is to take your body and i need it alive but first i'm going to try to kill you it doesn't make a lot of sense and I, I have a feeling that this is going to sound like I'm nitpicking against this issue and that I'm not enjoying this issue. But that's not the truth. But the truth is there are a lot of things to there's a lot of nits to pick, let's say. Uh, so we leave John Carter as the fleshy guy dead. He's not walking dead. He's just dead, dead. And we find that there's actually another motivation for what Zubin Dark is doing. He's not just doing this for revenge. He's not just doing this because he's evil. He wants to raise his former lover from the dead because she sacrificed herself to the dark gods to help zuvan dark get this power and now he's going to switch her dead body with Deja thoris so then zuvan and his lover can live once more in new perfect bodies great he does it and they're about to you know live happily ever after and wander off into the martian sunset but then cantus can rushes in throws a sword he kills zuvan and and dejah thoris reverses normal and zuvan is just dead just like that and then they fight the remaining skeleton warriors the end and <laughs> i can't help feeling this is just not a very good wrap-up to this storyline it feels like marv wolfman might have wrote himself into a corner or maybe he was writing this and making it up as he went along with only a loose idea of where he was going because he sets up things like zuvan dark trying to kill john carter and then pays them off with a completely different thing like Zuvan dark wanted to get John carter's body all along there's also one there's i mean it's the 70s so there's a lot of captioning and there's a lot of telling and not showing or telling and showing at the same time uh but this one there's one element here that just is a kind of a pet peeve for me because it's not part of the storytelling language that marv wolfman or whoever the the letterer has been uh have, have been using up until this point and that's where they have a caption that actually has like an arm that reaches down to point at the thing the caption is talking about like don't make make sure you don't miss this you do not want to miss this and it just uh it, the hand reaches down and points at the thing and in this case it's their deadly eye blasts felled the valiant citizens of helium and it points at a skeleton's face with deadly eye blasts felling a citizen a citizen of, of helium and again this is one of those you do not need that it is there captions should be used to explain things that aren't able to be understood from the art alone or to add a new dimension a new element of information beyond what's there you know and, and this is nope we're just going to say that's the thing that we're talking about here's a finger that's pointing at it and there it is again you're seeing it after we just put it into words Ah, uh, yeah so and then the other thing is the climax uh it's it's an anti-climax kind of uh Cantos uh, can just throws his sword kills zuvendark and then dejah thoris is restored and then we find out that john carter was restored too yay john carter doesn't get to have his final showdown cantos can i guess has just as much of a reason to go after uh Zuvan Dark he was dragged with John Carter with uh, out in the desert the last issue but he doesn't have John Carter's super strength uh, to to help sustain him but um it's just uh, wow okay we're done well i guess that's it i thought there was another issue coming when, when we get to you know just a few pages left and you know John Carter's still dead or whatever or you know still embodying an, an undead creature um yeah so then you also have just you know after the battle with the skeleton warriors is done it's just here's john carter he's back and the Im- implication is that the people of helium are there as well um uh, but yeah i i will say this the helium this is the day helium died or this is the night helium died uh it's it happens i mean the city gets razzed or raised the city gets raised uh r-a-z-e-d not raised up but it gets destroyed <laughs> and uh the people are turned into skeletons and i think the implication is that once the skeletons are dead or once the magic is gone from Dark, once he's killed that they're going to turn back but man uh they they the hype was there and they they tried to live up to it but now If the climax of Zuvan Dark getting killed is an anticlimax, the post-climax, I really, really liked. It's frame-worthy. It's just one page describing a huge battle. And I love that one page. It is one page with two panels and four captions. Reading from those captions, What ensues is a battle glorious, one that will be inscribed in the histories of Barsoom three men one woman outnumbered 50 to one battle a legion of the unliving but they do more than merely battle they fight for a cause they fight for a right and still more they fight to win and for four such valiant souls victory cannot be denied them for long and the two panels that it's it's great it's it's just really it's it's pulpy, it's muscular, it's the kind of thing I've been talking about before with this, but uh, Tars Tarkas crushes some skeleton warriors, while behind him Grog and Cantos Can and Dejah Thoris battle with their swords. That's the first panel. Then the second panel is the aftermath of the battle, and they stand and they're still tense, and they're still poised, but there's an air of relief as just kind of a breeze passes over the battlefield, and the battle is done, the battle is won, and Dejah Thoris, she stands victorious and glorious, and her hair f- uh, flying in the wind and the little flappy things that hang from the belt that's not quite addressed because there's one in the front one in the back i don't know what you call it uh but they're they're flapping in the wind too and there's a heap of skeleton bones at their feet and it's very you know dramatic and it's just capturing that perfect moment in time so with all that said here for all its flaws, this was still an exciting read with fantastic art. It just didn't feel as fleshed out as some of the other stuff that we, we get from Marv Wolfman and John Carter, Warlord of Mars. Uh, you know, it feels like if this was, <laughs> it's not as fleshed out. So uh, if this was a person, this would be a skeleton person with flesh hastily pasted onto it because it has magic eye beams. It still moves and acts and is a fierce warrior. Uh, but it's just not quite the same so yeah i do recommend this arc you know the the things leading up to the climax make it worth reading the climax just is an ending that has to be there because they needed an ending for all this stuff that was happening and yeah also the space through line of this month's coverage for july 1978 it's pretty obvious mars there boom done so next issue uh it's called the history horrors very curious what this means i looked at the cover and it's one of those where they cross off something on the logo instead of saying john carter warlord of mars they've crossed off mars and it says john carter warlord of earth so i'm kind of excited the next segment however is going to be ben's bullpen bulletin which will cover the ads and editorial copy of this month's books and also touch on machine man devil dinosaur issue number four for both of those so i do want to thank you for listening i want to thank you for enjoying john carter with me and if you've read john carter and have enjoyed it or if you'd like to read it uh like i said i mean we're on page as far as my omnibus slash time machine goes this is just page 290 i think that we're on which the the omnibus itself we're we're about halfway there with john carter's stuff and being done with it but uh (laughs) I think it's worth it. This omnibus is very, very good, very, very exciting. So So until next time, I just have to say thank you for listening. And Godspeed. Thanks for listening to the Comic Book Time Machine's Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed. with Machine Man and Devil Dinosaur and Hostess Twinkie ad and that kind of stuff. Why do you think superheroes are so important? People need heroes because they need somebody to inspire them, something to aim for, somebody to try to be like. One is the man of tomorrow, with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. The other... The Caped Crusader, carrying out a solemn vow to spend his life warring on all criminals. For seven decades, they've been the world's finest heroes. They've teamed on radio, comics, newspapers, animation, and more. And now, they're teaming up for a podcast. To the Batmobile, let's go! Up! Up! And I... Atomic Man. Superman and Batman celebrates more than 70 years of the world's finest team with randomly chosen stories featuring the Man of Steel and the Dark Knight. Superman and Batman, featuring your two favorite heroes and one podcast together. Find it today at greatkrypton.com.